Hey, this is Max, and this is The Uncommon Truth, in search of the church the way Jesus meant it to be. We're coming to you from the nursery of the Father's House Church in Oroville, California, and today I'm joined on the show by Jordy Mumby. He's our associate pastor here at the Father's House, as well as the director of the School of Transformation. Today we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit, and specifically we're asking the question, why does the Holy Spirit live inside each believer? We're asking, is there a purpose behind this? Do we have the Holy Spirit living in us for any one reason, or is it just to bring us comfort on this side of eternity? And I'm also joined by a special guest, Justin Reif. He is joining us all the way from North Carolina. Him and his wife, Kelly, have brought a team from Catch the Fire Rally in North Carolina. And he's going to talk a little bit about his time here on Project 61, which is a short-term mission we offer here at the Father's House. So sit back and relax and enjoy the Uncommon Truth. All right, I'd like to welcome to the Uncommon Truth, Justin Reif. He's joining me all the way from North Carolina. He's here on campus for our Project 61 short-term mission. And uh, Justin's here with his wife and his team that he led. And so, Justin, tell me a little bit about where you're from and your ministry in North Carolina. Yeah. So we're from Raleigh, North Carolina. We go to a church body out there called Catch the Fire. Okay. Um, it came from uh, Toronto yep. and it planted itself in, in Raleigh. And my wife and I moved to Raleigh from Ohio. I was pretty much raised in Ohio. She mm-hmm. was born and raised in Ohio. It's a long story, but the Lord called us out of there to go to the School of Revival okay. and catch the fire yeah. in Raleigh, uh, which is a two-year leadership school that they have there. And uh, so we went through the, the two-year school, and and in that process, we, we started dreaming together as a couple. He's got us in Raleigh right now, and... Yeah, what are you guys doing there right now? What, yeah. you're, you're starting your own ministry? Yeah. So, getting it off the ground? so um, thanks for bringing me back to the yeah. question. So <laughs> we uh, we graduated the school yep. and we started our own ministry called Embrace. Okay. And it's all about going out of the four walls of the church hmm. and outside that, that kind of comfort of, you know, that community and that family. Yeah. Um, it's really important to have that community and family, like the four walls are super important. And yeah. so like, I don't ever want to um, diminish the importance of the four walls of the church. Yeah. And it's an, it's that, an and not a, but right. Correct. Like you, correct. Yeah. You got to have both. Yeah. But you, you you've got to go out. You've right. got to like, you got to go there and then you got to do something with what you've received. Right. With what you're learning, right? Yeah, that's what Jordy Jordy's going to talk about a little bit later on the show is, yeah, we, we got stuff expected of us, right? Yes. You're going into this building and you're learning things, you're experiencing things, and that needs to translate to the rest of your life. Yeah, for what reason, right? And for Yeah, for what purpose? And is it just for you? No, it's not. Actually, it's <laughs> not, not just a, not for you. Not according to the textbook. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's actually not just for you. He loves you and he loves me. You know, but he's put that love inside of me for yeah. other people, yeah, for a community. Well, well don't spoil our show because that's what Jordy's going to oh, be talking man. about. No, it's perfect. It's great how the Lord sort of lines up lines up what we're talking about. I'm I'm joined by Justin, and he's here on our Project 61. 
And it's cool because he's spending a little bit of time with me in our little recording studio in the nursery that doesn't smell like diapers this week, but yeah. just wait, come back next week and it, it might. And it's cool because sort of the same things that are on your heart are on Jordy's heart right now and mm-hmm. um, and on my heart. And I planned this topic months ago when I decided what we were going to talk about this week and just happened to have you here and have Jordy speaking on the same stuff at church this week. Yeah, it's cool. Um, so in your time here with your team, there's seven of you guys, right? Mm-hmm. So what have you guys been experiencing here in Oroville? What's your impression of the Father's House? Oh, man. <laughs> That's a big question. Yeah. Uh, we've, kind, we've kind of been doing these uh, follow-ups mm-hmm. with our team members every day. Like, yeah. okay, how you doing? How you experiencing things? Mm-hmm. How you processing what you're experiencing? Everybody's kind of got the same answer, and then it, you know it differs for every single yeah. person because everyone's getting touched in different ways. Right. Yeah. And so obviously like the big one, right. Is everyone like everyone in here is feeling super loved, accepted and seen and valued. Yeah. Same sort of things that I, I experienced my first project 61 trip when we came in and saw the, our cousin get married and we're like, wow, this is, this is actually, this is amazing. And didn't know church could be like this sort of thing. Yeah. It's one of those things where you, you know, you kind of hear about like, okay, that those guys over there are doing community really mm-hmm. well. Right. They're doing, they're living the kingdom really, really well. And sometimes that can be intimidating for, for an outsider going yeah. in because you're like, oh, like, oh I know. they, like, it's like their group. Yeah. Like they know each other really well, but they're like, they're not going to be super interested in me. Mm. And what I can maybe bring to the table or what I have to say, because, you know, they've got their own lives they're doing their own things, their, their own families and everything else. And we're, um, I mean, we've only been in here for a week, but we haven't experienced that yet. And I'm, and I'm guessing that probably doesn't happen very often. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, we, we just love having more people to hang out with and share stories with and hear where you've been. Yeah. You can just tell that that's a value. Yeah. That's just a, and you, you guys are living that extremely well. So during your trip, what are some of the things that you guys got to go out and do during your days in project 61? So we've done some homeless outreach. Mm-hmm. Um, we just kind of went out and met some homeless guys. Yeah, it's pretty wild here in Oroville, right? Like, it is pretty wild. And we, um, you know, our ministry in Raleigh or in Durham, mm-hmm. it, it's the same kind of thing. Yeah, you know, we it's just it's everywhere, and everyone's got a different flavor of homelessness. You know, right. they have the same. It all you know looks the same on the surface there's no home but then as you look individuals in the eye and have actual conversations with them it's yeah. like it's it's all coming from a different place yeah yeah and, you know and so um it was cool to experience that here that you know people are people and they mm-hmm. need the same love that you know yeah. that jesus has for them and it was it was really cool to to get to share that with the people that we met while yeah. we were here. So yeah, we've done that and we've done uh, we've gone to the Hope Center and fed people there, uh, which was really cool. We've gone and done and worked in some of the businesses. Yeah. So we did the Lord's Gym. The gym's nice, huh? Yeah. It's fun. Uh Yeovil. Yeah. Good stuff there. Frozen yogurt. Yeah. Uh yeah, that was fun. Yesterday they had me out there holding the sign. Oh, you were dancing on the I was dancing. With the sign. Yeah, and here's yeah. the thing about that, right? Like you just got to commit. 
Right. Oh yeah. There's no, you've, you've got to like, just acknowledge the fact that like you're out there and like, it's going to be embarrassing. And somehow the Lord has led you to this point where you're holding <laughs> yes. a sign on a corner in yes. Oroville, California, trying to get people to come and totally frozen yogurt. Oh yes. yeah. I haven't been there yet, but I fully expect it's going to happen. Maybe I'll bring the podcast there. Like, yeah. Hey, I'm on the corner. This guy's coming for yogurt. Look yeah. at him. Here we yeah. go. So, yeah, I was out there. I was just going for laughs, you know? That's so good. I was just like, all right, you know what? I'm just, I'm expecting to be embarrassed. Yep. And so I'm just going to go full throttle. Let's do this. And let's Jump just go, let's feet. just go for it. And I, I realized soon that nobody else could hear the music I was dancing to. <laughs> and so yes. that just made it even better, I yes. think. And so, yeah, that was really cool. Just got to do that. Yep. And then, uh, some of the ladies have gone to the boutique, right? The restored boutique, mm-hmm. and we did like a ton of shopping there. I think we're gonna have to buy like yeah. another suitcase, another suitcase right? It, yeah. So, what are some things? Maybe one thing that you're like, man, I want to take what we learned here this week, or experienced, or witnessed this week, and I want to replicate that back in Raleigh. Is there any one thing? If we could just pick up the entire community and just, just transplant it yeah. in Durham. Yep. In Raleigh, that would be amazing. Yeah. Uh, okay, no, well, we, um, so my wife and I, I kind of mentioned, we, we have this ministry called Embrace. And really, the, the cry of our hearts is to kind of do what you guys are doing. Okay. And as part of what we're doing now is like, we're just going. You know, we're, we have our, we have the, the, you know, the few days that we go out there and feed the poor. Yeah. And everything. But now we're like, okay, we need homes. We need land, you know, we need businesses and things like that. And we've had like visions of all of those things. Yeah. And we've, you know, I had these ideas of like, how do they all tie together? What you guys are doing well is you've tied them all together. Yeah. And so um, we're kind of leaving here, I think, with a little bit more strategy. Okay. And a little bit more vision for how it can work. Yeah. And a whole group of people you can call if you run into a problem. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so, um, you know, we're not looking to replicate this exactly because this is what works for Orville. This is mm-hmm. what God is doing here in Orville. And, you know, Raleigh Durham is a completely separate place yeah. and with a completely set of different people and different life experiences. And he sent you guys there because that's the spot you're supposed right. to be ministering right. to. Right. So, like, Based the businesses that work here, you know, might not work necessarily there. Yeah. And so, um, and that, you know, the housing structures that you guys have here may not work. They might, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I'm willing to like just swing for the fences and give it yeah. a shot and, you know, let the Lord do yeah. what he wants to do with it. You know, yeah. my job is to take what I've been given and do my best with it. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And so, yeah, that's kind of what we're hoping to bring back is, you know, this little piece of heaven here on earth, you know, yeah. back with us and and start expanding it, right? Start Just, expanding it, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate you taking some of your time out of your time here to hang out with me in the nursery. Yeah, and uh, you, you're cool. starting a podcast yourself, right? Yeah, soon. I mean, I don't know when it's going to launch or anything, but right. it's one of those things that's in that's uh, been tucked away in my heart. That's yeah, I think getting ready to be released. Well, when you're ready for that, I'd love to help you out and. And uh, we're going to throw some links in our on our show notes for 
the stuff you guys are doing there, your ministry, if people want to find out more about Embrace and, and about uh, CTF, Raleigh, and, yeah, and all that stuff. School of Revival. School of yeah. Revival. We'll, we'll paste that down at the bottom of our show. And, uh, and then hopefully we can join you and hear a little update when you go back and you see what the Lord does for you guys and, and your city in Raleigh and Durham. Yeah. Looking yeah. forward to it. We would love it, dude. Yeah. Thanks, Justin. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Okay. So a little bit of a recap from last week. Last couple episodes, we've been talking about salvation. And, and the first one was was called The Uncommon Truth of Salvation. That's where Steve laid out a little bit of his uncommon, not very common in the West view of salvation, which is super simple. It's just reading the words of Jesus and putting them into practice. And then last week, you and I spoke and we talked about if if we do that, if we hold that theology, what it ends up looking like in our lives, right? It ends up looking really different and it affects things like how you actually live morally, whether you take into account the lives of the people that are following you, whether you actually believe that Jesus is with you, all those sorts of things. And um, th- this this conversation about why we have the Holy Spirit, it sort of flows out of that. So if you haven't listened to those episodes four and five, go back and listen to them. You'll get a little bit more context. But for now, just introducing this topic, I'm going to talk about where where this kind of came from. So I've been here for about nine months, I think. Um, it's May. That was August when we got here. And we actually left Canada for a bit of a sabbatical back in April. So it's been, it's been over a year since we left the community we were living in. So we were, um, for those who don't know, I was the summer director for a summer camp in Manitoba, Canada, in the middle of nowhere in the Interlake, uh, just north of a little town called Gimli, like the dwarf in Lord of the Rings. It was great. Um, that was my that was my dream job. I really loved it. And I had done that for seven summers. So I directed seven summers at camp. I was part of a couple others, three others. So it was it was a decade. And I still remember my first summer because my first summer was it was like magical. Everything came together. And I was I was told that like I couldn't have led much better that summer, even though it was my first summer. And consequent summers, I would go back and and they were, they'd still be good. But my boss would be like, "Oh man, you remember that first summer when you were like leading the charge and you were quite literally running with a flag and people were just dying to follow you." Um, that was capture the flag, but in general, that was kind of how it was. And I looked back to that and realized wow, I actually didn't know a whole lot of how to direct a summer camp. It was it was all new territory for me, and they put a lot of trust in me and a lot of, I don't know, a lot of help. But I, I ran that first summer kind of like in complete dependence on the Lord and like almost a, an hourly like, okay, what's next, Jesus? Uh, I think I know, but well, let's see what happens. And it turned out really well going on moving summer after summer it didn't it didn't kind of I, I got better at my job obviously I learned more but it wasn't that same zeal for okay you and me Jesus like let's get this done I actually got to the point at at one point during my time it was sort of a it was a tough time in my ministry where I actually felt myself saying oh, I I can't spend time with you today Jesus because I'm working for you and that was like 
that one actually made me stop where I was at. I, I can remember I was standing by a picnic table at the camp and like the angel and uh, angel on your shoulder saying like, did, did you actually just say that? Like you better watch out who you're talking to. <laughs> and, um, that was one of the turning points of our story or my story about just trying to figure out how to, how to live a Christianity that works. But during that time between when we had first visited here, the father's house and when we had decided actually to move here, I was contemplating like why in the church as a whole, why in my community, why in my life and my family, why do I feel like I don't experience the Holy Spirit that uh, the way I did that summer or, or very often? And um, I, I guess I came to the, I was driving, I think I was driving somewhere between this small town in Winnipeg and the closest thing to the Lord speaking to me that I think I remember. And I, I got the thought that popped into my head. Maybe I'm not experiencing the Holy spirit because I'm not, I'm not engaged in the work that he wants me to be engaged in. Not that leading kids to Jesus at summer camp is something that's antithetical to what Jesus wants, but more like maybe there's nothing I was depending on him for in my day-to-day life. And so that got my whole wheel spinning, my whole head spinning on why Why do we have the Holy Spirit? Why did Jesus say he was leaving us the Holy Spirit? Because he obviously left and said it was going to be better for us that we were getting the Holy Spirit, but why? I think as Christians, we take it, uh, take for granted that we have Jesus inside us. And we just that's just something a lot of us grow up hearing or a lot of us are, when we come to the faith, we think, okay, well, Jesus lives inside us. Great. But I don't know if I was ever explained, this is why Jesus lives inside of us, right? Um, what is, what is Jesus promised the Holy Spirit is going to live inside of us? So, so what purpose does, do we as believers serve on earth with him inside of us? And if we know like the Sunday school answer to that, if we somehow have figured that out, are, are we actually living that way? So, so for me, uh, I, I reexamined, sort of reexamined my life, how I was living. And I thought, well, so there's lots of reasons you can find in scripture for why you have the Holy Spirit. So he's, he leads you into truth. He guides you. He comforts you. He's called the comforter, the counselor. Um, and at, at best I was like thinking, okay, well, it's so Jesus can impact my life, right? It's a relationship. He's, he's there. That's my relationship. But I found myself even more thinking, well, okay, so the Holy Spirit's here to keep me from sinning, or the Holy Spirit's here to get me through my Mondays, uh, something you know corny like that. And I found that when I when I would talk to people about the Holy Spirit, about oh Jesus lives inside me, it was like I was paying lip service to needing Jesus, but I really wasn't depending on Him. Th- does that make sense so far, Jordy? Yeah, definitely. I think you're you're onto something there. I think that's a common uh, Christian experience. Actually, you just <laughs> the the uh, the not being able to quantify just what Holy Spirit really is. Mm-hmm. And and I think if we could think in terms of this is the Spirit of God. As Christians, like we have to really embrace that that understanding that this is God. It's not just like a a, a dove, right? Yeah. <laughs> Floating to comfort us. You know, the nice, nice little bubbly feeling sometimes, right? Yeah. But this is the actual presence of the living God. And, and really following that as the Holy Spirit, you know. Once you kind of figure that out, then 
it's a little more than just uh, like taking away your Mondays or whatever. Yeah, you know, <laughs> analogy was you know it's a little more a little more significant than that. More than hashtag blessed, <laughs> a little bit, right? <laughs> so, so what does Jesus? What did Jesus actually say about why he's leaving us the Holy Spirit? Like, what's the point? Ultimately, the the point is to empower us as a church and as a community and as a community of believers Mm -hmm. to continue his work on this world. He says, it's better that I go, that I'll leave you the the, the spirit so that every single one of you, you know, I'm I'm paraphrasing now, that every single one of you can now live out the great commission, Mm -hmm. the great commission of establishing, establishing his kingdom here on earth. Right. Just like it is in heaven establishing it here on earth mm-hmm. and and for for that the holy spirit to reside in us to be around us to motivate us to do something different it's all about that perspective mm-hmm. of establishing his kingdom here not just uh, you know so i can feel better about my life or get my conscience cleansed because i feel his uh, peace within me mm-hmm. but it's actually it's an enabling and empowering to establish his kingdom around us yeah so Obviously, all those other things that that we grow up hearing, like he brings peace and guides us into truth, that stuff's all still there, but it kind of points towards a goal instead of just, well, I'm, I'm going to make you feel better about your life, right? Right. Like uh, The example that I use all the time for this one is Peter. Peter, he walks with Jesus, does amazing things with Jesus, but ultimately he's the guy that disowns Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus comes and finds him again. And then he has that breakfast with him. Hey, Peter, do you love me? Oh, you know that I love you. And then eventually he moves him from that place towards, well, go to the upper room, mm-hmm. you know, and, and wait for what my father's promised. And that's when we know Acts chapter 2 happens. The Holy Spirit is delivered, if you will, to that group in the upper room. And, and that's the moment where Peter actually becomes a transformed person. He now He's, he's now motivated by something different where it was insecurity at first but now he's empowered by something completely different after acts chapter two right and so from acts chapter two he goes to the gate beautiful and and uh, sees that that cripple and he heals him he's the silver and gold i don't have but what i have i give you right, right? that's the like that's the very essence of establishing his kingdom god's kingdom jesus kingdom in in the world around him knowing that he's completely different, empowered to do something different mm-hmm. be, based on Jesus and the Holy Spirit now living inside of him. Yeah, you and know? it's it's not just like, great, now we, we have Jesus living inside of us so we can be assured that when we die, we're going to go be with Jesus, which is, I think it's so much of what the, the Western church sees as the goal of the Christian life is to make it to heaven, right? And, and that's... Like as soon as the, as soon as Pentecost happens, you've got, you've got them the apostles running out onto the street and people think they're drunk because they're they're, you know, proclaiming in the morning, you know, this Jesus that you've crucified is is King and and Lord and Son of God, right? And they don't, they don't just receive the Spirit and feel better. They don't just receive the Spirit and you know fill in the blank with. Christianese, you know, bubbly feelings, but they actually start going to do something, right? They are empowered to do something. And that's right after the Great Commission. So what is, like, sum up the Great Commission for us. This is where Jesus comes back and meets his disciples, and he says, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. 
Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Well, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and, and uh, commanding them to obey everything that, that I've, I've taught you. Something like that. Right. Yeah. And the, the, the commission is all about establishing the kingdom of God around you. Right? It's, it's, I've empowered you. I've given you authority. Now it's time to do something. And the doing something is what, what I, I put very simply of, of just making wrong things right. Mm-hmm. Seeing things that aren't part of the kingdom and seeing what influence that we could put into those situations to get them more looking like heaven. Okay. Seeing, seeing broken things and trying to fix them. Like, we, we do this around here at the Father's House a lot. Is like these broken lives come towards us. And it's our, our responsibility to introduce the kingdom of God into their lives so they, they're not broken anymore. Mm-hmm. That they, they're actually living a whole, right Christian life. Yeah, that's... I remember reading... I can, I'm kind of into like apologetics and stuff. And I remember reading one of the biggest arguments for the actual resurrection of Jesus is these guys that had spent three years with him. And up until the day he died, they were still you know, scared, sissy, kind of like, you know, they ran away, they fled, they denied him. They, they promised they'd be, they'd go with him to his death, but none of them did. And, you know, throughout the gospels we hear, you know, they, they're afraid of storms. They're afraid of the, the Jewish leaders. They're afraid of this, that, and the other thing. They have wrong thinking. And yet, you know, Right after right after Pentecost, now they're they're world changers, world beaters, right? They're they're getting beaten and and like high fiving afterwards. Basically, <laughs> that's a message version. But they're like, yeah, good job. How many did you take? Yeah, well, I took one more, right? For Jesus, <laughs> woo! And they're that's that's what started changing, bringing the kingdom to that area. Like we wouldn't know, we wouldn't have the Bible if it wasn't for them, right? We wouldn't right. know. I don't know that. So they use that that life change, even though it's it's sort of circumstantial, like word of mouth evidence. But we wouldn't have we wouldn't even know about some of this stuff if if they hadn't had changed lives. Right. And then, so why did they have a changed life? Right. So that's that. I don't know. That's sort of an aside, but that's what I think about when I think of the disciples, and because you you read about them in the four gospels and then you read about them in acts and moving on and you're like these the same guys like i need to go back to my index and make sure this is the same james and same john and so um so i guess moving on from the great commission go make disciples teaching them to obey everything that i've commanded you where what's next like how is so we're bringing making wrong things right bringing the kingdom what does that what does that look like for us it really is that ownership of understanding that we have something that the world needs. Okay. And really examining our own lives. Is our own life some, something that has been transformed? Is, is my life submitted now to the Holy Spirit? Mm-hmm. Am I moving in that relationship with Jesus where I consider what, what he says is valuable? And maybe not so much what I consider valuable. But you know, really having that culture change that happens within us. And then making sure that culture change starts happening around us as well in the sphere of influences that we find ourselves in. You know, Paul calls himself an ambassador for Christ. And I think we need to also put that title on ourselves of going, I am an ambassador of Christ. I get to represent his kingdom. I get to introduce values mm-hmm. that would agree with the, with the kingdom of heaven. I would 
move in, in these areas of going, well, this is where Jesus would probably go, so this is where I want to move my life as well. Yeah. Right? So it really is about that ownership part of it. Jesus is very, very clear about the ownership part of your, uh, the, what he has given you in terms of a talent, you know, mm-hmm. using that, that Bible uh, story, the Bible parable. You know, he's given you something. What are you going to do with it now? Mm-hmm. So he's super hard on Israel and the Israelite leaders, the Pharisees, the priests, because they were given something. Mm. They were given something and they didn't quite steward it correctly. Yeah, and so he's he's hot to trot on that one about getting people to go. Hey, you missed it, and so it, it also filters into our own lives. Like Jesus has given us something, we've been given the Holy Spirit. Like, what are we going to do with it now? Yeah, like what are we going to steward? What are we going to see next? It matters how you live. <laughs> it matters how you approach certain situations. It matters how you conduct yourself in the supermarket. Yeah. <laughs> it matters how you conduct yourself uh, at your own at your kid's school. Mm-hmm. It matters how you conduct yourself when you're driving down the road because yeah. he's empowered you with something to show the world what it means to be a Christian, mm-hmm. to to carry his kingdom with you. So everything that we do, we become that ambassador, you know, filled with the Holy Spirit so that other people can understand what uh, Christianity really looks like as they yeah. look at our lives. Yeah. Uh, it reminds me of something that happened last week. So I drive for Uber. That's my that's my money making job. I do that usually on the weekends in, in a college town nearby. And the <laughs> this is weird, but the hardest thing about driving for Uber is finding some place to go to the bathroom when you're on the road all the time. And you're like, man, where do I go? And so I found that the In and Out in this town, In and Out Burger, West Coast, it's great. It's amazing for food. But at this particular instance, I had stopped at In and Out because they're always busy and they have they don't have like a lock on their restroom or anything so i just walk right in the front door hang a right into the bathroom and uh come right back out and and i'm ready to keep going with my day and i bet you guys have no idea where i'm going with this but i i parked right in front of the the front door of in and out and i i had seen i've seen this couple that i walked past and all I can say is I knew they were Christians. I knew they were Christians because of what they were wearing and how they were dressed and how they were acting. I knew they were Christians. Um, I could sort of get into that more, but I won't. They're they're very obvious. And they kind of smiled at me as I walked into in and out as they smiled at everybody who was walking in because they're parked right outside, right by the front door. But when I came back out, and, and for those of you who don't know, in and out is sort of kind of like... I don't know if it's a Christian business, but they've oh, got yeah, Bible verses, Bible verses on the bottom of their French fries and yeah. stuff like that. And you're always like, "Oh, they've got one under my soda, you know, <laughs> my cup here, and they've got one under this plate thing." And yeah. They've hidden them everywhere, and they they kind of make that they make that known. So it's not weird that you would run into somebody who is very obviously a Christian there. But on my way out of In and Out, uh, after I had taken advantage of their free bathroom without contributing to their biblical business. Uh, the people, these Christians that that were sitting outside, they noticed that I hadn't bought anything. And they made, they 
I can't tell, I, I can't think of any other way to say it, but they went out of their way to let me know how displeased they were with their facial expressions <laughs> at me as I was strapping myself back into the car, tapping back into the app, you know, and I, I had wanted to go before I was struggling to make it to the bathroom on time. I had thought to myself, Hey, I'd love to say hi to these people. I bet we have something in common on my way back. I was like, wow, I do not want to have any conversation with them unless it's to go repent for what I've just done. (laughs) But I just felt super judged. And I don't know, some of you who know, know the story or know what I'm talking about might get more out of that, but I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. It just felt like, okay, maybe, maybe I need to be careful with what my face looks like in public. Maybe I need to be careful with where I'm driving and how I'm driving with that father's house sticker on the back of my car. Mm-hmm. Or for those of you out here there with your little Jesus fish that glints by in the, right. like in the front, you know, you come flying by me at 90 miles an hour on the freeway. And all I can see is the little Jesus fish on the back of your car as you cut me off, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> who has, who's had that one before, right? Like, <laughs> I don't know. That's just a little story about how I've seen it sort of, maybe it was me who's not, being a minister of reconciliation <laughs> as I used the facilities at In-N-Out Burger, but I don't know. That's Hopefully that doesn't throw us off our topic here, but we're talking about bringing the kingdom to earth. That's it. And, and when I think about that, and I go back to my story running camp and, and relying on Jesus and then not relying on him when I sort of figured out how to do it, I could do it in my sleep. I think about the job of bringing... God's kingdom to earth. And I think I'm not sure I'm going to be able to do that one under my own power. Right. Yeah. That's the key. So talk us through that one. We have the commission in front of us. So like we have the understanding that we're Christians and we need to make a difference in the world. We know, we know all that, you know, Uh, but it is a matter of uh, what source are you tapping into? Are you actually relying on the Holy spirit to do this stuff? Are you relying on the Holy spirit to, help make wrong things right? Are, are you moving in forgiveness? Is forgiveness coming under your own power? Is, it, is forgiveness your idea? Or is it something the Holy Spirit is moving you into where you're following Him? Because after mm-hmm. all, like if, if you're not tapped into the right source for this one, if you're not following the Holy Spirit on this one, then the only other option you got is self-righteousness. Mm-hmm. And self-righteousness is creating a system apart from God where you determine on what is right. You determine what's the next right mm-hmm. thing. But if we're flown with the Holy Spirit on this, there is some massive instructions that Jesus gives in, in the Bible. Like, like certain, these, certain ones of these are almost impossible to do alone. Like, for instance, bless those who curse you. Right? It's like, you can't do that on your own strength. Yeah, That's like, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Pray for those who mistreat you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, like, I, 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 on my own strength, I'm not going to be praying for people that mistreat me. Yeah, you know, and give to every man that asks. Oh man, I get in so many discussions with that one. <laughs> it's, it's well, what about uh, irresponsibility? And you're just helping people in addiction. And it's yeah. like, but it says that. Mm-hmm. Give to every man that asks. Yeah, that how, one like, will get we, under some people's skin. How do we sure. reconcile that? You cannot. It, if it happens on your version of how this should happen, if you wrestle with this one and come up with your version of what should happen, 
then you come up with a self-righteous standard. Mm -hmm. But if you wrestle with the Holy Spirit with this one, of going, I will submit to you, Jesus. I will submit to you about what you want this to look like. Because after all, I am an ambassador of your kingdom. What do you want it to look like? What do you want your kingdom to look like on earth right now? Yeah. Then like, the only way we can be successful at that one, if we submit to his spirit, the other option is to do it how we want it to, to be done. Mm-hmm. And that's a self-righteous standard rather than the kingdom of God standard. Yeah. And so it, it matters that you follow the Holy Spirit in this stuff and submit to his spirit because establishing his kingdom on earth, you have to be able to submit. You have to be able to be under his authority. Hmm. If you're not under his authority, then the only other option you have is to create a system where you're in charge. Yeah. And if you create a system where you're in charge, then things are going to happen or not happen based on your feelings, <laughs> your opinion, your culture. Yeah. And it, it doesn't really fit with the with the the commission. All authority has been given to me, therefore go. It doesn't fit with the commission. It doesn't fit with the ambassadorship that he's given on us if it has to be on our terms. Yeah, you, you had... So Jordy spoke a little bit about this on Sunday at church and saying, okay, so that's great news that we are... Like, we have the authority of Jesus to go make his kingdom happen on earth. And we're all ready to rush out the door on that one. And, and then you hit us with... Uh, but... You, that authority is also subject to the authority of, of others, right? Like yeah. that you have to subject that authority to Jesus whom like you got it from. He's the one who gave it to you. And, and this is a topic for another time, but he, he gave that authority to leaders in the church, other, other men and, and people in leadership that you need to follow and submit that to. And, that's a whole nother mind trip for me, right? <laughs> yes. Because th- th- we're all we're all good with our church of one, and you know, like this is my reading of scripture, and this is how I'm going to go. And I don't think a lot of us think of that as self righteousness, but when you put it that way, I, it it occurs to me that yeah, probably a vast majority of what I do is centered on this is my way of how I think it should be done. This is the program I'm, I'm going to put in place to check off the the list that Jesus has given me in the Great Commission, and I'm going to go make it happen. And we often just crash and burn, or we burn out, or we we just spin our wheels because we're not we're not getting that we're not tapping into the source, right? That that foundation source of Jesus. So. For someone like myself, who I've got way more, I've got just way more experience making, like relying on my own talents to do stuff. How does that switch occur? Like, how do you, how do you flip that switch into getting out of that self-righteous thinking of making up your own standard to actually relying on, on Jesus and the Holy Spirit? Once you understand you're part of a body, a greater system than just you by yourself. Mm-hmm. The, the, this, this is all about disciples. And like This is what Jesus says in the Great Commission, go make disciples. And so discipleship is a massive part of this. And like he, he wants people that are followers. He wants people that are, that are willing to submit their understanding and start to pick up his understanding. Like this is, uh, discipleship is all through the Bible. Mm-hmm. And so it's a matter of like, are we disciples and what are we disciples of? Are we disciples of our own ideas and our own opinions? Are we 
putting ourselves in submission to somebody mm -hmm. and saying, I will be a disciple of you, knowing that you have the fruit of, of Jesus in your life. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to put myself as a disciple. Because after all, we see this play out in, in the Bible a lot, right? Where, where Paul puts himself in, in submission to the Jewish council, the, the elders in Jerusalem. But he doesn't, he doesn't go alone when he, when he submits himself. And this is in Galatians where he, we, he tells the story of he goes back and submits to the leaders and says, I wanted to make sure that I was pre preaching the right message to the Gentiles. He also says he brings with him Titus and Barnabas. Hmm. And so he brings his disciples with him. You know, so it, it, you see the flow that's going on, right? From Jesus to the elders in Jerusalem, to Paul, and then to Timothy, and then to Barnabas, and if you want to carry on, yeah. like, to Titus. And then there's there's letters written to Timothy about how he should also be an elder in that place yeah. and have people following him. So this is very much a place of, of family, of a community, of we have to get the individualism out of this. Right. And we have to realize that we're part of a body on this one, mm -hmm. where we submit to each other, knowing that we are under the same goal of establishing his kingdom here on earth. Yeah. And th that, that seems to be missing for a great deal in the Christian church, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. The that's, understanding... That's been really tough for me. ...of discipleship. Mm -hmm. it's, it's part of the commission, and it's part of the, the, the great church story yeah. of my authority under authority gives me authority, hmm. which is a really tough subject to wrestle with. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was talking to a friend who had started listening to the podcast, and he'd been texting me, and he was saying, like, how does, like, do I really have to leave where I'm at and move to a different country to have authentic community and authentic Christianity? Does And he was incredulous, like, does that, that, that can't be right. Right, And I said, I thought about it for a while, and I thought about our own journey, and I said, you know, you you would hope that it isn't the case that you would have to drive thousands of miles to get to an authentic right. Christian community. And there are lots of them out there, like we oh, talk definitely. about them, and a lot of people come and visit with our Project 61, and, and we share information, and we, and we share community with them. But a lot of it comes down to the cost of community, too. Right. Doing this, bringing kingdom to earth. If you're, you can't do it by yourself, you also can't do it by yourself without the people around you. And living in community has a huge cost with mm -hmm. it. And when I was thinking about when we, were, when we were praying through and thinking about coming and moving here, I think my biggest thing was I was so excited about community. And I, I didn't think about it in... like I. I, I guess I paid lip service to the idea of accountability and and stuff like that and um, and bearing each other's burdens, right? Because I was super excited about being able to play on the softball team, and <laughs> which we still haven't won a game after this week, but you know we'll yeah, get there someday. Consistency, you know, and uh, and you know board games nights and and yeah. things like that. The the things I thought community was about that I had been lacking that I wanted to make up for. And what I've found is, yes, it is those things, and it is also being accountable with your time, with your money, with your actions, because you've been placed under authority to the people. Like, we we came here and said, okay, you guys are following Jesus. We want to learn how to follow Jesus even more. Here you go. Tell us what to do. And that's hasn't been, it hasn't been all lollipops and rainbows. No. 
but I'm starting to feel, I'm starting to definitely realize the fruit in that, especially like I can see it easy in my family, like my kids and my wife, they're just, they're growing like crazy. And I think if I asked others, I could see it. They could see it in myself. I have a hard time seeing it in myself from time to time because I still, I still can remember really clearly doing things at a high level as a, in a system of self-righteousness. Right. Right. I had never, I had never gotten to that point where it was like crash and burn because my own way, if I would have played it out to its full completion, um, but for the grace of God, you know, I, I might've been at that point, but when we, when we left, I, I was still doing pretty well with this self-righteous, you know, doing things on my own. And so, um, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm just excited to see where it's going to go. And I know, I know from watching the lives of other people that have been here longer than I have and been through this, this kingdom building thing longer than I have. And depending on the Holy spirit, I know it pays off with much fruit. I'm, I'm just excited and sort of, uh, anxious to get there myself. Right. Right. Because you touched on this this morning in our class that, that you taught without abiding in Jesus, without having him with you, which is what we're talking about, the Holy Spirit, he says, you can bear no, like no fruit. Without me, or with me, you can bear much fruit, right? I'm blowing up the paraphrase there. Yeah, and apart from me, you got nothing. Yeah. (laughs) There's nothing, there's no fruit. (laughs) So it's, it's it's not even a continuum of like, well, I'll have a little bit of Jesus and a little bit of fruit. It's a, it's really as black and white as it sounds, right? Yes. But that's where the self-righteousness comes in, yeah. right? We like to create fruit of our own making, <laughs> you know, and say, yeah. no, this is fruit, and then try to prove to the world that it's fruit when it's actually nothing. It's that plastic stuff that my <laughs> grandma has on her table at home, and, yeah. you know, every once in a while, one of the grandkids comes and takes a bite out of a plastic pear. You're like, mm, that's not fruit. Yeah, and convincing the world that, no, this <laughs> yeah. is good. No, it really it is. And it's, it, it's not. It's just fruit of your own making. Yeah. Man, that's... Like that's challenging. I didn't come in to this subject thinking I was gonna like feel as challenged for myself, but yeah, I, I know like I I do have a hard time have a hard time connecting with like I read I read the Bible and I say, All right, I'll just go do that stuff. And I've a I have a hard time taking a second and stepping back and saying, All right, Jesus, we are gonna go do this stuff. And I might as well not even try unless you're with me, right? Right. Another thing that I had thought about, I used to think, and, and I've heard people ask this question, I've heard people ask this question a lot in communities like we're in, which is, you know, pretty destitute and and drug riddled and poverty stricken. And like, why doesn't God just blank, fill in the blank, right? Fix this right. community. Why doesn't he, why doesn't he end suffering, right? What's your, what's your answer to that? Well, I, I think the church is very irresponsible. I think the church has been given a lot of the, the tools to solve a lot of these problems, and it's our complete inability to realize what we've been given, mm. and then our own selfishness, unfortunately, stops us from going to do the stuff that, that we know that we should. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff going on, and I, honestly, I think the world, the church is going to be judged uh, severely mm. for what it's been given, and it's, in, its ineptitude of going to the next step. Yeah. Of going, what are you doing with this? Because yeah. we blame God for so much. Why, do, God? Why don't you go help these poor people? And I think He's smiling back at us and go, uh, I did. Remember? I did. Yeah. Remember I what empowered I empowered you. you guys? I empowered you to do something about yeah. it. 
So why don't you go? Mm-hmm. And I think he's got the finger pointed back to us in a lot of situations. Yeah. Not every situation, but in a lot of situations, the church has just sat back and sat on his hands mm-hmm. where we have tremendous responsibility and unfortunately haven't done anything with it. Yeah. So. Whew. All right. Well, uh, that was kind of deep, but it, it was good. Thanks, Jordy. That was, that was really impactful. Not just hopefully for our listeners, but for me personally too. Jordy's somebody that I follow that I want to be more like, and, and it was meeting Jordy the first couple of times we were here that made us really, really realize that we wanted to be here. Right. Um, so really appreciate it. Thanks for your time. We'll get back to you in a second with what we're going to be expecting on the Uncommon Truth next week. Next week on the Uncommon Truth, we're going to be talking about what our roles as individuals are in the running of the church. What is our responsibility as individuals in bringing about the kingdom of God here on earth? Does the job fall just to the pastors, to the youth pastors, to the worship leaders? Or do each of us have a role to play in making sure that happens? To make sure you get that episode and all future episodes, go ahead and subscribe on iTunes or Google Play or Spotify or wherever you're listening to this podcast right now. And you'll make sure to get every new episode as they come out each week. What we would also appreciate is if you would like and share the podcast with your friends and relatives or anybody else that would find a discussion about the church as Jesus meant it to be, to be interesting and engaging. What also really helps us is if you could go on whatever service you're, you're using to listen to the podcast and leave us a rating or a review. What that does is it just boosts us up the rankings and makes sure more people can get in touch with us and more people can find our podcast. If you want to learn more about The Father's House, you can go down in the show notes below this episode and you can check out our website, our School of Transformation, our Life Recovery Ministries, and our Project 61 Short-Term Missions. You can also connect with us on our various social media accounts. So you can get us on Facebook and on Instagram. You can listen to Steve and Jordy's sermons on our YouTube channel. And you can get more information about Project 61 short-term missions. We've also got a link up to Amazon where you can find three of Steve Ursillo's books that he's written if you'd like even more of our content. And if you'd like to get in touch with Justin and Kelly in North Carolina, I've got their information pasted down below the show notes as well. Until next week, thanks for joining us. This has been The Uncommon Truth.